What's going on, everybody? Happy Valentine's Day, and this is the Mobile Podcast. We have the three generations of realtors, myself, Guido Murillo. We have... George Rowe, what's up? And Otto, the older one, the Gen X. <laughs> uh, we also have special guest star... Michelle Vega. So we're going to pretty much start with the Q&A and you know, fire it up with some good, fiery questions, man. Michelle, how did you get into real estate? I got into real estate at like 21 and I came from a sales background and basically I wanted to grow and start my own business, man. I've always been very sales oriented, customer service oriented. And I wanted to make more money. Sales in what? I did a little bit of everything, man. I did uh, telecommunication sales. I worked in a retail store. I was really good at that. And then I got into collections because I got into a management role. Collections is cool. It's like the other side of sales. Um, and that was and that was a crazy job. And once I started trying to climb up the management ladder, I got a bunch of no's because I was very young doing it. So I was like, hey, what can I do that's going to make me more money? And I won't have that ceiling there. So I decided to start my own business and become a realtor. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Look, um, what is the face of a top agent? Like, uh, Michelle is a top agent. Like, she's been a top agent since all this, you know, since I met her. Um, But I think we are confused how a top agent should look like. Like, a lot of people think like, oh, this agent cannot be a top agent. Or this person, the way it looks, cannot be this. Why in the market, like realtors, put a top agent based on the way they look, the way they sound, the way they do things? For me, I don't think there is a look for somebody that is success. I mean, anybody can be success. It doesn't matter who it is. You just got to connect with people. So tell me, Michelle, what what, what was your challenge in this industry? Tell me more about your challenges. Uh, well, the first ter- firm that I started in, it was a lot of, you know, agents that I call them robotic agents because they all look the same. They all talk the same. And everybody wants to be this fancy realtor, driving a Benz and everything. So when I first started, I was always different at my firm. I was I like to do like funny videos online. I had like, you know, a really good social media presence and I was myself. Like I'm not from the South. I'm just this Latino girl from Jersey. You Yay. know, and <laughs> um and I've I've always been very outspoken and I I, I I like funny stuff and I like showing my unique character and in my first firm like a lot of people didn't like that. They thought it was too much to be a realtor. And people weren't going to find that professional. But, you know, once they started seeing that my uniqueness and the way how outspoken I was actually worked and people related to me. And that's why they wanted to buy a house with me. And when they started seeing that moving and working, they started respecting me a whole lot more. And people, you know, um, changed, you know, their perspective on me. I mean, I always tell people like I'm. I'm always gonna be myself, 100% real, always myself. If you don't like it, don't buy a house with me. So being Pretty by yourself, it's a good business. Being by yourself is a good business. Being yourself. Being yourself is a, is a really good business. But, but my question is, and, and, and the problem that I see in the industry today, I'm 52, I'm a Gen X. Uh-huh. I'm coming from everything fancy, everything gotta be perfect, everything has to be like a specific way. But that's not the way consumers see it today. Like it's different. The consumers want something different, something, sometimes something weird, sometimes something like out of the box. Uh, because our concept, like our fancy thing is not working. And a lot of people hate it. 
So what, what do you guys think about this, guys? Let, this is a good topic to talk because a lot of people, they don't want to be a real estate agent or they don't want to sell uh, houses. It's because they think they're not going to make it in the industry. But in reality, I think anybody can make it. In what aspect? In the aspect of you don't need to look like Donald Trump to oh. sell a house. <laughs> a real estate Donald Trump with a fancy lens to sell a house. You can just be anybody. But do you yeah. think that it, do you think it depends on the market? I don't know. I mean, people with money, they like, people with a lot of money like people authentic too. I mean, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the market. There, there is markets that you have to, don't look like you got money. You got to have money. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that I, if I put an agent that never have money in his life and I, I dress him up with a Canali suit and I put him a Mercedes Benz in the door and send him to places where rich people go. Like selling sunset. Selling something. I don't think that <laughs> agent will feel comfortable. And he, actually, he's going to look like stupid yeah. because he's not part of that network. That network, yeah. So I, I, instead of being a good thing, it's a bad thing. Why just show up the way you are and then maybe everybody like it? Everybody feel comfortable with you because you're different. I think you being yourself is awesome and not being like cookie cutter, right? With yeah, that that stigma that everybody wants the Beamer or the Mercedes yeah. and they need to do this pie contest, like handing out this and do all these and look a certain way and get the blowouts and the clothes from the same place. I had my experience with working with some realtors who who thought that there was that mold. And I don't think that's true. And I think for guys, it's a little easier because we don't have that pressure of like society and women and style and clothing and all that stuff. Because it's, it's just very different from male to female interaction. Like mm -hmm. when a female agent interacts with us and I've been in the year, in the industry 30 years, you know, like we just, whatever. Okay, you're right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for you, it, it you must have a, a whole different set of stressors different than what we encounter. Yeah. But you have been a top agent since forever, right? When I joined here. Mm -hmm. um, what does your schedule look like? What Tell the people out here that, let's, let's say you have people out here that are like, yo, I can be myself like Michelle. I actually would love to be myself and I would love to be an agent because I want to be, I don't want a ceiling and I want to be my own boss. But tell people what an actual day in the life, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, like, because it's not, you, you I, from talking to Saul, and sometimes from what I hear about you, you put in a lot of work. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah. What does that look like for people out there that are thinking, oh, I can be the next Michelle Vega? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I work all of the time, and I don't have much of a social life, so I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but I, I wake up, and I go to Dunkin' Donuts. What time? Okay, I don't wake up early. <laughs> I don't wake up early because I go to sleep late, and um, I wake up maybe like 9 o'clock so like that's know, early, early bird gets to work I just never work for me it's just not me so I wake up I go to Dunkin Donuts it don't matter if I have to push an appointment to get to Dunkin Donuts I'm sorry I'm getting Dunkin Donuts <laughs> <laughs> so um, then I just I mean phone calls are all day you know phone calls don't stop and I have you know an amazing staff that helps me out um, you know assistants and my team helps me out with the rest of the stuff but, you know, it's basically assisting my team, taking phone calls, showing up to appointments when I need to. Like, I've done a whole lot of meeting investors now and stuff. And whenever I have agents that need assisting or a listing appointment or something that they're not super 100% comfortable doing, like, I show up and, you know, I shake hands and make sure that everything's running smoothly. But Saturdays, Sundays, like, all day, like, I, in my team, we have the same. We work seven days a week till 8 o'clock at night, like, 
no excuses. That's what we're working. So yeah. that's pretty much it, man. Like I just work <laughs> seven days a week until eight p.m. Yeah, I mean, I say that to clients, like, you bother me anytime, but it goes past that. I mean, that's just kind of like the staple that, you know, my team needs to know that if you join the team, this is what you need to work, especially when you first start out. Um, but we find ourselves working way past that 8 o'clock deadline. Yeah. Why, why are we setting standards on a success agent, a success person should be wake up 5 in the morning, like 5 o'clock, Club. 5 a.m. club. Yeah. 5 a.m. club. I uh, have to have a good shape. Like, gotta be look very success. I have to wake up at this time. Have to read these books. I think that today is bullshit because I see a, I see people wake up five in the morning with a beautiful body, like lifting, reading five books a, a, a month, and they are losers because everybody wants to prove that. Everybody wants to prove that that's looked like to be a success person, and now everybody's going that direction. But in the meantime, I don't think success has a picture, a name, a face, a thing to do. Success is just things you do, and it works, and people like it, and you keep doing it and replicate it. And then you just fix it in a different way. I guarantee you that maybe in five years, the success people will be the person who wake up 11 a.m. And it doesn't do worse size. <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Like, the other way. Because <laughs> like, no, no, this is what I'm saying. Like, people put things in perspective, and then it become everybody do it, but it doesn't necessarily be like the, that's the person. The problem is that waking up at 5 a.m. and doing that whole like reading a book and it, it puts you in the in the in the trains your mind so that you can practice discipline. And if you can discipline yourself to wake up at a certain time, read work on your body, make time for the gym, eat right, then the mentality is that if I can discipline all this extra stuff for myself, then I should have no problem being disciplined at work to do my tasks effectively. What, what's getting lost in translation is what you're saying. People are getting up, they're going to the gym, they're eating right, and then when they get to work, they're like, then now they're slacking because they expect the results. I've, I've, done every, I've done everything else, but now I'm just gonna be like, I'm tired. I'm gonna chill. But and, it, it works for some people. Like I know successful people that do all of that. Go to the gym, read books, you know, those like self help books, and like, oh my god, like read all the, you know, hear all these podcasts and these audio books in the car, and it works for them. But you know, it may not work for some people. Like I, yeah, yeah. I personally do not read that much. I don't like. I probably read like. TMZ more than that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just gonna be real with you. But like, why stop being myself? So like, I know, like, I don't need the book to tell me that I gotta work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A bill in the mail is worth more to me and it gives me more motivation than an actual book because I gotta pay my bills. Period. Yeah. So now that we know kind of um, your schedule and why you got into real estate, what are some of the things that you like? And what are the, some of the things that you don't like about real estate? So I like the fact that I am able to do as much as I want, work as much as I want, put in as many hours as I want. Like I remember working in a retail store and they used to tell me like, Michelle, clock out, clock out. <laughs> no, I want to stay. But this is like I can work as much as I want to. And I have, you know, the freedom of, you know, creating my own schedule. But most importantly, right now, I'm having a great time being able to teach people to do what I do on a high level and be able to grow my team and you know replicate everything that i've been doing over the last couple of years 
Um, I'm able to help a lot of investors and families that thought it was never possible to buy a house, be able to buy a house and then become investors down the line. So that's probably my favorite part of my job right now. My least favorite, I mean, it's just the stress that comes with it sometimes. There are days where I just want to like sit in front of Netflix and just, you know, with a huge tub of ice cream and cry. <laughs> like I'm not, I mean, you know, that's just me being real. Like there's going to be days where it's just like, oh my God, like I don't even want to pick up my phone. And it's, but you know what? It's just a feeling for a couple hours then it goes away. Like I really do love my job and I love the freedom behind it. Yeah. If you can change any one thing about your your little business, mm -hmm. what would it be? And then if you can change one thing about real estate, the field in general, what would that be? Um, if, I, if I can change one thing about the business, I mean, you know, going back to kind of like what Otto was saying and you uh, particularly, this, sometimes the frustration comes in when we talk to other realtors that have been in the game since the beginning of time. I call it the dinosaur <laughs> age. The of time. And um, they, you know, unfortunately they feel entitled or, um, to, you know, to treat us some type of way because especially since we're so uniquely different and we're, you know, Spanish speaking realtors and just different than the norm here in North Carolina. I mean, this is a developing city. I come from a big city like New York where, you know, it's super diverse. And sometimes we come across agents that feel that they can treat us a certain way, talk to us a certain way. But, you know, I don't have that same level of respect that I give people when I talk to them. Um, and that's I think it's going to come with time once they see how diverse we're getting here in North Carolina. Um, but I think that's the most frustrating part of everything, because I expect people to treat me with the same respect that I give them. That's pretty much it. And what about in your actual team and your little structure? What What's one thing if you could just wave a magic wand and, and fix, what would you want? Uh, my team, I mean, I like everybody that I work with. Everybody's great, hardworking. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I wish I had more time in the day to spend more time with them, be able to teach them things. But, you know, I, I do what I can and everybody works great. And I don't really have any complaints about my team. What, what what could be the advice you tell a new agent? Like, I'm, I'm in the school, I'm going to become an agent. What, what is it that I should do in order for, be, for me to be a Michelle Vega? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I do a lot of, like, uh, videos on Facebook about this, people trying to start out in the industry and everything. My advice and what I tell folks try, trying to get into real estate is not going to be the same advice as maybe a traditional realtor, maybe not the same things. Like, as y'all probably know, I don't sugarcoat things. So I tell them the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything, you know, and really sit down with them and like determine if this is the right fit for them. Because, you know, uh, and it's not a bad thing, but unfortunately people think that starting in real estate is a piece of cake. They think it's just raining dollar bills and we're literally opening doors and collecting a paycheck. And y'all know it's not like that. It's it's a very stressful and you know environment sometimes and you gotta grind if not you're gonna be selling one or two houses a year and there's nothing wrong with that but when i tell what i tell realtors when they start out is like hey this is what you gotta mentally prepare for if they have a sales background great you kind of understand the feel of what that is um but you just gotta work your ass off like i tell them the first year you gotta work seven days a week seven days a week like no excuses and at least that's what I tell my team because I want everybody to be successful. Like I want them to replicate how I started and what, you know, when I was in my old firm six years ago, I was the first one in the office, the last one out, cold calling, door knocking, whatever I had to do 
for the first six months, it was like nonstop. So that's pretty much it. Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years <laughs> if this success just keeps grinding up? Um, hmm. <laughs> Maybe retiring in Costa Rica. No, I'm just <laughs> I always say that, like, oh, I'm going to retire young, but they're just like sporadic thoughts that I don't actually mean because I personally have to keep my mind busy with work in order for me to function. Like, I am never, you're never going to find me just like watching Netflix, just, you know, zoned out, <laughs> doing nothing. It's just not me. I start getting angsty. So, um, no, I mean, I really want to create more jobs. I want to be able to help people invest. Like, I like the feeling of seeing people succeed and like everybody around me like if they want to stay working with me and everything they got to grind but I promise like success and money if they do what they're supposed to be doing. If you yes. can choose between two things what would you choose knowledge or time? Mm, Good question. Probably time because knowledge comes with time so definitely time man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michelle, uh, it's, it's, it's a different training to train somebody young like Guido. Guido is 20 years old, 21 years old, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm 52, and I'm coming to your team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's coming to your team, or George is coming to his team. George is 33, 34? 34. 34. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, it's three generations of realtors here. Are you going to apply the same thing on the training and the way you talk to each of us? Like, new agent. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, the reason for that is because, you know, when I started in my other jobs, I didn't get the opportunities that um, I deserved or that I wanted um, because of my age. And I was discriminated against because I was young and, you know, amongst other things. But that was the most that was the thing that they repeated to me the most. Hey, Michelle, like you're great at what you do, but we're not going to give you the step up in management because you're so young. So I never want to discriminate somebody because of their age and everything, because I feel like everybody has the same opportunity as long as they want to work hard. So, no, I would talk to everybody the same, you know. You'll probably learn some new lingo with me, Otto. Ah. <laughs> no, but I, what I'm what I'm saying is like, is the training gonna be the same? Because I, I'm 52. I got three, three, three. You know, I got five kids. I got three, three younger kids, and I have to be home at a specific time. And then if you come to me and says, "Hey, you work in seven hours a day, 24/7," I will be scared. Like, oh my God, I, I what I do. But maybe for somebody like Guido, he's like, "Okay, I work seven days. It doesn't matter as long as I make money." So based on what I do when I train agents, it's, it's a different type of, of training and talk. I don't know if, if, if that's something that, that you, it comes across your mind, like how I train these people in a different way. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't, I don't hire part-time agents. You know, it's not an age thing. It's not, oh, because you got like multiple kids you gotta take care of. It's nothing like that. It's like, I want somebody to work full time and because I know it works as long as we apply the hours like you will see an outcome from it like I have agents in my team that have a family that have like family obligations and I'm not telling you not to do it but there has to be a, a, sort, a sort of level like a, com a commitment because the misconception is is that we become self-employed or we start real estate and oh I can make my own hours or I can work two hours a day and see you know a positive outcome and that's just not the way it is. 
Um, on the contrary, I remind people, hey, you become self-employed because you want to make more money, right? But that has to be treated like a regular full-time job, and then you add hours on top of that because you are literally constructing your own business. We're all 1099 employees here, so yes, the training would be the same. Right. Any other questions, guys? Yeah, we got a bunch of questions. Um, let's see. Michelle Vega. <laughs> what does a day of your training look like? Brand new agent. Hi, my name's George. I'd love to work for you. You're like, all right, well, you have to work all day. And I'm, I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Come tomorrow. You start your first day. What do you put the agents through? Um, well, the, uh, most of my new agents train with my mother. She's great. Um, <laughs> Uh, difficult to work with your mom sometimes, but it's um, very grateful for her. <laughs> um, so I like them training with my mom because my mom does an excellent job with the customer service side and showing houses and, and being nice all the time and um, engaging with clients. And, you know, one, I don't really have the time to do that, but two, you you know, me and I always talk about it all the time. You show enough houses to where, like, you feel a little bit burnt out. You know? And um, when I start structuring my team, I, I realized that, you know, what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were. And sometimes, like, I may have a short temper from time to time or I don't want to smile on open doors. And my mom, she loves doing that. So we discovered, you know, it was crazy when I started my team, but it was over Magianos, um, and we, my mom was complaining about talking to agents and resolving problems and doing documents, and I'm like, I actually love doing that. I love solving problems, and I was like, I actually don't like showing houses that much, and I'm like, well, why don't I show all the houses and you resolve all my problems? I'm like, okay, well, I think this, let's try it out, and that's kind of how this team started. It wasn't, oh, like, there wasn't much of a structure or plan. It was just because we realized what our strengths and weaknesses are. So I like to have agents learn the most essential component of, uh, you know, being a buyer's agent when like the first two weeks they start out. So they train with my mom, you know, hop in the car with her, go show houses, do buyer consultations and learn that side because that's how you're going to engage with clients at first. Yes. Um, in, in, in the peak of my career, I, I could I was selling maybe 10 homes every month, but it was so hard. It was it was a lot of work. Um, and I need the help of my wife, the help of my son, and he was doing, you know, making offers, I was showing homes, just like Michelle is saying. Um, how many homes an agent can sell to max out? Like, this is the max of homes a month this person can sell. Well, just like you, Otto, when I was in production, I was selling over 100 houses a year. So mm -hmm. the same thing, you know, my last year, I probably did 130 transactions by myself. So. I mean, the sky's the limit, you know, I, when I see successful realtors, they probably do like 50, 60 a year, you know, and they're like tapped out, but it's all what you're capable and of doing and how many hours you're willing to put in, like crazy people like me and Otto, we're going to go, go, go. And, you know, and we, I don't feel like satisfied with myself unless I'm fully using all my hours to be able to attain a larger goal. Because when I when I see an agent coming to me and says, "Oh, I have two transactions, and I'm so stressed. I I, I don't know what to do," <laughs> I I, I kind of laugh because yeah. I think with our system, you can sell four homes every month, just you. Close one every week. You close one house. Uh, I don't know if you see the same thing because market change. So I'm not in production right now, 
but uh, do you think it's the same now, like with this crazy market to sell four houses an agent, not a new agent, but a, a year, two years in the business? Yeah, so when I started, it was very competitive too. So, I mean, I started six years ago and the market has always been competitive. Yes, due diligence fees have gone up. Yes, the competition has gone up, but there's always a way to make money. And I, I feel that when agents make the excuse like, oh, well, such a tough market, this, this, and that, it's just another excuse. There's other ways to make money. You know, we're helping a lot of like investors that, you know, want to flip properties, want to buy rentals and this, this, and that. And, and we try to look at other markets outside Raleigh-Durham to eliminate some of the competition. So when the market gets hard, you have to become creative, but it shouldn't stop you and, and you shouldn't have the excuse to say, oh, well, I'm not making money or I can only sell X, you know, X amount of houses because it's such a tough market. If you are a go-getter, you're going to find a way to make money. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. I agree. I, I personally um, don't usually work with buyers, but usually getting listings. And you're right, however much time you spend at home calling or making letters and mailing out letters with CMAs is however many, you know, clients you're going to get. It's all about numbers, right? Um, you know, Dan Pena, we love Dan Pena. Dan <laughs> Pena has this thing, so I'm, I'm finally signing up, hopefully, in a couple months to go to his, his castle in, in Scotland. So it depends on, like, their vaccination stuff. But he says... Everyone that comes into his training, because he teaches you how to buy and sell businesses, how to roll them into one and sell them, but it, it applies to real estate too. It's just something I've always wanted to do. I, I think the guy's great. He says, if I told you, and then there's a bunch of curses in there. He's a Cuban dude from Jersey, from Patterson, New Jersey, who's mm -hmm. a multi-billionaire now, mm -hmm. that you, if you made 2,000 cold calls, you'd be rich, you'd think I'm lying. He's like, well, that's all it is. He's like, if you just sit there... A day and make the calls. No, not a day. Just two thousand calls. Two thousand calls, you'll be rich. Oh shit! And and he's right. I mean, if you think about it, in real estate, if you can get an agent to sit down and make two thousand calls, uh -huh. and then whether they're a list of buyers that uh -huh. want to buy or people that may want to sell, you're they're gonna get transactions from that. Yes. You know. So I don't know if there's a secret sauce or. But like you said, there's a million ways. If you don't like social just, media, pick just, up the phone. You just if you gotta don't, get in front of people. Yeah, if you don't like using social media and you don't wanna make a call, well go out there and shake hands and leave your cards. If you don't like doing that, then go to TRIA events and talk to investors, you know? If you don't like doing that, then I don't know, hang out in social groups. If you don't like doing that, then this is the wrong career for correct, you, you know? Correct. I feel like ultimately, a lot of the agents don't wanna do some of the stuff that requires face-to-face, I think there's a misconception. People, like you said, people get into real estate and they don't think they have to ask for business. And I think at the end of the day, people forget that this is a sales job. Mm -hmm. Where in sales, you have to ask for business. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't just sit on the couch and expect someone to walk in the door and say, I have this suitcase full of money. Can you take me to see this house on the street? I'm gonna <laughs> buy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that may happen once in your career. Mm -hmm. It can happen to an agent here, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So the agent was sitting there and the guy came and was like, hey, I want to buy a house. Can you, can you take me now? Mm -hmm. Like, but that never happened, right? That never yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get 12 of those a year. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. Uh, I, see, I see agents every day coming to, not, not to my firm or any other firm, to everywhere, or maybe in social media talking. And, and I see them like they sell a transaction and they go on vacation for a couple of weeks and they come back and... And they go on vacation again, 
Uh, what do you think about that? Is that is that something that you should do as a new agent? No. So I mean, <laughs> no. no. I, I, I tell my agents all the time, like, hey, just expect one in four transactions to fall through. It happens. But just because you put two, three people on their contract doesn't mean, hey, I'm gonna take a few days off. No, you gotta keep the motion going. You gotta keep the motion going. Um, and you know, I've I've had agents maybe tell me in the past, like, hey, like I'm a little bit stressed out. I'm gonna take a few weeks to myself, or I'm gonna you know, take a vacation for a few weeks. And my answer to that is, you can do whatever you want, but I'm gonna tell you something. Not next month, but the month following that, you are not going to see a paycheck. Well, why? But I'm gonna come back just, no, but it, it's a fact, because what, what, whatever seeds you plant right now, you're not gonna see it immediately. You're gonna see it in two to three months. That's just how real estate works. So no, I don't agree with the whole vacation. I <laughs> I mean, yes, take a vacation. I my vacations personally i take two to three days and i come back and right back to business yeah for sure i um uh right now real estate agents are dropping off the industry they're getting a nine to five job because the industry is not the greatest now but i think there is a lot of opportunities for agents who really knows how to work and i mean as an agent i think we should use some type of traditional way of doing real estate but we also use the non-traditional out-of-the-back things um how you see the market in the near in this year, 2022, uh, in reference to realtors and real estate in, in in the area? I mean, it's a tough market, you know. Only the strong are gonna survive, but um, it should give people more motivation to you know grind and talk to people out there and and find opportunities and be creative. You know, like George was saying, like people are not just gonna walk into the office like, yo, I need to buy a house. It does not happen that way. Like. You know, when I was starting off, you, I, my, my day was structured a little bit differently. I was out and about in the street, going everywhere, but I never stopped talking to people. So I would keep um, a box of like magnetic business cards so people didn't lose them. And my day started off going to Dunkin' Donuts, cool, talking to the cashier because guess what? She has a job and she could potentially be buying a house. So right, why not give her my business card and you know take her number? Like, hey, if you ever need a realtor, I'm that person go on to my first appointment, guess what? I'm showing houses, but that person brought their cousin or their family and I'm talking to them about buying a house. You know, after that, I, I go in the office, start cold calling. Maybe I have to run an errand in Target, but I'm talking to the person on, in the Target aisle where I'm picking stuff. Like literally at the cashier, I'm talking to another person. I'm talking to the person at Starbucks. I'm talking to people everywhere. Okay. I mean, like the rule of thumb when, you know, when I started is that if I didn't have 20 new conversations about real estate a day, I did not have a productive good day. Good job, good job. That's a good one. That's good. That, that's a lot of client context. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I started, uh, I think what I had to really get done was that confidence to talk to strangers, like just out of the blue. You know, I feel like any list that I got from a buyer's list or a Zillow list, I feel like those are easy because it's like they, they've already potentially looked at houses and they're maybe looking to buy so those are the ones that i could really get into but recently with even having my face on the car you know i had somebody go and say hey can i get your business card and to me that just pushed me to like what if i just told random people hey look you see my face right here here's my here's my card give me a call what? you know so it's like it's like i'm still a work in progress but that really hits uh very well to me and so just going out there and if you don't really talk to uh, 20 people a day then you didn't have a you know, positive day. Yeah, productive day. I mean, I get it. I mean, there are times where, you know, when I was cold calling that the rejection starts to get to you. But 
at the end of the day, I don't care because those people don't pay my bills. So if they say no on to the next one, sure. you know, um, <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. And I come from a background of collections, too. Oh, so, shoot. You know, like, I, I, are you going to pay me or what? Pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, my day was every single day I had to call people to pay their bill, you know, and then if they didn't, I had to go to court for them. I mean, and the, the collection, if you know, I always tell myself when I went to real estate, I'm like, as long as I don't have to collect on one more furniture bill, like I'm straight, <laughs> you know, and mm. you know, real estate is such a cool thing because you're not selling a product, you are selling yourself and you can do so many things for somebody like that person may not want to buy a house, but maybe has family that needs to sell or might need to invest or you got to bring value to the table mm -hmm. and not come from a super salesy, like, you know, position like, oh, I want to sell you something, but come from a place of value, talk to them like they're human being and i promise you will see a result contacts are contracts huh mm. like that huh i like that classic listen you need to be a salesperson i hate it check this out i don't like it i'm not comfortable with somebody comes and say i want to work with you and i want to be a real estate advisor we are not real estate advisors we are salespeople. Yep. in order for us to sell houses we need to use sales strategies because an advisor it gets paid at front a salesperson gets paid based on commission at the end so start using sales techniques what do you think about that yeah for sure i mean if you do not sell a person a house somebody else will that's how i look at it you got to be aggressive period. yep yep gotta be aggressive i love that do you feel like Okay, so last couple questions are about your perspective on the quality of agents that are in the market now mm -hmm. and the actual direction of the market. So what is your impression about the actual people in real estate now? Not, a knock, not, not, not just in mobile, but in just in general, the climate. Have you noticed a difference in work ethic or perception of agents nowadays? Do you think these agents are going to make it? I mean, I think half of them should not be doing real estate. That's what I think. <laughs> and that might sound negative, but it's true. Um, I think they make, should make the real estate test a little bit harder. But I think people, most importantly, and it's not their fault, maybe half of the realtors that shouldn't be in the business don't know that they shouldn't be in the, in the business. I think um, maybe when people start, they should be a little bit more educated on how the process actually works because let's be real, the real estate you know, classes don't actually depict the true story of how the day-to-day -day looks like. Facts. Yes. So. I, I think entrepreneurship it's is a misperception out there. Like we telling everybody, oh, become an entrepreneur, be your own boss, blah blah blah. Gary V is ruining it. And the be in the meantime, <laughs> companies they don't have people to work. Like uh, restaurants are, they don't have employees. People, com tech companies, they don't have employees because we telling everybody be that they own. can be their own boss, entrepreneurship, uh, Elon Musk, you're gonna make it, blah 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 blah. This is not for everybody, guys. This is a lot of sacrifice, and it, need, it takes time to become a very entrepreneur. I mean, you can start as, you know, keeping your job. Don't leave your job yet. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Keep it and start getting your own, you know, your side entrepreneurship and, and, and see if you can make it because entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It's just for few people. Imagine having a lot of Elon Musk in the world. But the thing is, when people actually look into these people and research, and I particularly like to read up a lot of, on those people that have become successful. And the thing is, these people, 
like you said, they don't have social lives. Like Elon Musk even gave an interview on Joe Rogan where they smoked and they were mm-hmm. talking and he like broke down and started crying because yep. he lived in his office for the first five months of starting Tesla. Like he would work until it was one in the morning. He'd sleep for five hours. People would start coming in. They'd turn the factory on and it would wake him up and he would like bird bath in, in the in the office and then start working again. And he did that to where he started gaining weight and started feeling unhealthy and then started to go home and it ruined his marriage. Jeff Bezos, same thing. He started a book. Amazon was a bookstore in his garage. And then he lost his house and had to work in the garage. And then from there it picked up. And then imagine working like your office is your house and it's just you. And everybody wants to be this this rich and famous, but like they didn't just snap their fingers and get there. Even mm-hmm. Bill Gates and the dude from Facebook, yeah, they don't work now. I mean, not for nothing. Mark Zuckerberg still works because he's now it's the meta and all these other things, but they had to come up with these great ideas like Bill Gates with the Microsoft and this guy with Facebook. They they put in the long hours to create these things. So I don't. I think the per, the misperception I see is agents want to come in here, work three hours a day, and be rich. If people don't put in the work, like it's you you don't think it sucks during COVID to be sitting at the house all day and just making calls from nine thirty to four. Yeah, you get a listing, but it sucks. No, and but the thing is, also, and I think I'll ask you this question: Do you feel like it's sometimes hard to give clients away? Because do you ever feel like? other people can't do as good a job as you or are you fully confident that other people have adopted your style and and can replicate your quality of work you know i have my days where i'm like okay well like i want to work these clients and i'm going to do a great job but like i don't have the time to do it but i you know if i'm giving clients to a realtor uh most of the time it's because i know i'm confident that they're going to be able to get the job done and new people in my team, they need an opportunity. And I, if I if I see it doesn't work out in a few months and they're not doing anything, well, the, the team is not for you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I have to give people the opportunity. There are days when I want to work clients, but it is what it is. When I was um, when I was in collections, I did management, and um, there, you know, I did a lot of hiring, firing, all of that. But collections is very hard and collections you're literally on the it's like cold calling it's kind of worse because you're asking people for their credit card yeah, they hate you right yeah. they hate you and then you know it's people screaming on the phone you call in they they grandmommy they granddaddy like y'all i need my bill paid um so like people like i would hire people and you know i would see them in the chair making phone calls and they just want like they look like they were gonna die and um uh, you know, after a while, I started realizing, like, what's the, what's the point of managing these folks? They don't want to be here. They hate being here. So you know what I would do? I would help them find another job. Yep. I would sit down with them, and I would be like, hey, no hard feelings, but, like, this may not be for you. So before I fire you, can we find you another job? And I would always stay friends with oh, them. Oh, man. <laughs> but I would help them That's find awesome. another job. Because yeah. it's this, and I do the same with real estate, and, you know, the problem with a lot of firms is that they don't tell you this and they don't have these honest conversations and that's true i tell the agents all the time like you know if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's just not clicking yo this may not be for you and maybe they don't like to hear it but that's why i always tell people from the jump like you know i'm gonna be brutally honest with you and you can call me a bitch but i'm you know it's what it is Mm -hmm. i'm being honest with you this is not for you
The yeah. problem, the problem is facts. Um, a lot facts of times, again. a lot of times, people is being called by co big companies. Hey, you want to come? Come, let's sit down, let's have lunch. Blah 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 blah. These people are putting their time to talk to this agent. The problem is, Keller Williams, the owner of Keller Williams, is not going to sit down with you and tell you because it's going to waste of time for him. He can make money somewhere else. Or top agents. There is so many top agents here that they're not gonna sit down with you and go into training, you know, shadow, going to you with showings and uh, presentations because that represents a lot of money for us as a top agent because we can be able to just do a transaction while the moment, the moment that we're spending with you, I can be doing $30,000. So that is the big difference between getting into with somebody that is getting a paycheck every month, like, People in Keller Williams in big companies, Fadom, uh, they're getting a big salary to talk to you. And it doesn't matter how much time I spend with you because I'm getting paid. But when you're talking with medium-sized firms or small firms or teams, you're taking the time of the team leader. And this team leader can make a lot of money by themselves. And they, they, they put in the time with you, which I want my money back because I'm putting the money into you know into talking to you and training you what do you think Michelle? yeah no i mean for sure um it's important how much your time costs an hour a based lot. on the money you make a lot um mm -hmm. and it's in, important that when i sit down with my teammates that they are receptive to what i'm telling them and you know it's and it's also when i recruit agents coming from other firms or that have been in the industry for a few years and everything I tell them to reset everything that they've ever learned. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because why should you come in here and apply the same thing you've been doing for the past two years, but you haven't sold anything? So, and then if, you know, if they come with the eagle to the roof and they don't want to learn and they're not open to constructive criticism, it also isn't not going to work. But, you know, if they're open to it and they want to make money, it's important for them to reset everything that they've ever learned and just you know, take every every day with a positive approach that, hey, th these systems have worked for me and they may work for you. Why not try something different? It, it's actually, it's so simple. And I think that mobile has got it down to like a formula, right? After so long. On the other side of this wall, hi, Eva. Hi. So we got a new agent, Eva Romero. Mm -hmm. She started last week. She came. She's like, I just got my license, didn't have MLS, had no access to nothing. Mm -hmm. We sat down, got her through everything, mm -hmm. gave her the three steps, you know, send this text to everybody to let them know you're a realtor, make these calls, let them know that you're a realtor, follow up with these people, and that's your homework. Do these things, come Thursday, come Friday. Mm -hmm. She did it. She called somebody who was a developer. Mm -hmm. She didn't know there was a developer, offered nine listings to her. She called one person and then let her know in her family circle. They're like, oh, let's go see this house. She didn't have access to anything. She used my MLS. We booked the showing. She went to see two houses, submitted an offer Friday, and now she's got them under contract. Nice. Wow. All in, in the first three days of getting her license. I think, but you know what it was? It's a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Came in just like, what do I do? I'll do it. Boom, boom, boom. Here it is. Next day here. And she's here working. Mm -hmm. And Dillage comes to the office every day. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing because that shows that the systems that mobile has created works. Mm -hmm. But when you get an agent that comes and they have their own way of doing it, nah, I don't want to do it here, I won't do it today. I mean, and she emailed back and forth over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, hey, I have this question, I have this. We did the contracts, everything done. Because working isn't just Monday through Friday, oh, 5 o'clock on the weekend, goodbye, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm out. 
And that's that's the beautiful thing about agents. If you can get them to reset, we have the keys to make you successful. But if you can't, because you said, I think, I guess, ego, auto hates that. If it's ego, then it's really just, they're just gonna contaminate everyone around them, right? Because it's not gonna, they're not gonna help people be productive and they're just gonna combat you on the things that you're trying to teach them. Yeah, the standard today is gonna be that. Like, uh, why should I hire an agent? And why the reason is this agent should work with us? Like, I talking about Eva. Eva, Eva, she, she'd been doing business for a long time because she, she owns a company. Uh, that was like, I, I wanna work with her because she got a big network. She knows business. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like companies are doing now and team leaders are doing now. Like they, they put in statistics in place and based on that, yeah, you, I wanna work with you, let's work together and let's do a partnership, like selling homes and I'll help you. you. But I, I think like it, it, the time that everybody can come to firms, it's over. That everybody wanna come to teams, is over. Uh, if, if I wouldn't know, when I was 30, I didn't count statistics. I just go and doing things the way I want, and because I'm, a, I'm a, I don't care about statistics. I'm smart, blah blah blah. The ego of a, a typical young person. But I'm 52 now, and statistics works. Like if somebody do a specific thing and repeat it, that's gonna work in the same way. Like we see statistics in realtors a lot of times. Like realtors coming from five companies, like changing and changing and you go to the numbers they don't sell anything that's a bad business because this person will not sell in your firm either it's better not to waste your time because you're not going to change the statistics a statistics works 97 percent of the time perfectly so what do you think about that michelle yeah no for sure you there's a lot of realtors that i talk to that have been firm to firm team to team not doing a thing and at some point you got to wonder well what you know what what what, what, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like these other teams and firms are getting numbers, but why are why aren't you? You hmm. know, so facts. You know, I've uh, I have one particular uh, agent. That, What's her name? <laughs> you know, like agents that come from other firms or other teams. You know, selling one or two houses a year. Uh, you know, when they start with me, they, you know, obviously I give them the whole spiel and they have to be open to, you know, working all the time, like I said, but open to the type of clientele, the price point, everything. You have to be open to everything because, damn, you sold two houses in two years. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, we, my team particularly, we sell lots for thirty, forty thousand dollars We sell houses in the four or five hundreds. It doesn't depend. It doesn't matter, but that's how you like, learn. Yeah, that's how you learn. You have to learn a little bit about every type of transaction, and I'm gonna teach you how to make money all always, you know. Uh, but you have to be open to it. Like I'm never gonna forget. I sat with an agent one time, and they told me specifically, "Hey, Michelle, like, cool, like, I'm ready to join your team, but look, I just want to be selling like North Raleigh, maybe Nightdale, uh. Wake Forest." I'm like, yo this ain't it bro you know <laughs> like Same you have it. to be willing to go wherever i tell you to go if not we're not working together gotta follow the money how far have you sent somebody what but you know it was she, she agreed to it she was like you know what i'll be open to it and just because i wanted to prove a point i sent her to medin the next day after that you know and and she had to be open to it if not it wasn't gonna work you gotta go fly. Did she go? Did yeah, she, go? she go. She went, and she she obviously 
did very well the first year with me, but you have to be open to it. Like when I was in production, I personally love selling outside of Raleigh Durham. Because I would tell my other agents in the office with other teams, they're like, Michelle, how do you have so many people on their contract? I'm like, simple. I, if somebody wants to buy in Raleigh and they're at a certain price point, why am I going to go 30 times to different houses in Raleigh and lose every single offer when I could just take them one time to Smithfield? Like, I'd rather make a one-time drive to Smithfield than 30 times in Raleigh. It makes sense. And I'll be able to get a better house, better price. And, and look better for my client. So you've got, if you're an agent that is like, you know, how you say in English, like pretentious, like, you know, pretentious, <laughs> pretentious yeah. mm -hmm. and you want to stay working in one zip code and, and not open minded, you're not going to make money. You it's okay. It's okay when you're a top agent. Like when you make a lot of money and then you don't want to go there. But when you're a new agent, you got to take everything. You gotta take everything. And you gotta go where the where the whales are going. Um, my friend is a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he talks to me about his business all the time. There are hedge funds down here offering to purchase pre foreclosures and houses at full price to knock them down and rebuild. Mm -hmm. In the area, they're going now to Clayton. They're mm -hmm. going now to Nightdale. They're going now to Hillsboro. What's that? Mm -hmm. Right outside of Durham, right? Hillsboro. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if they're going that far, that means we have to go even farther because that means people are going to be offering full price in Clayton, Garner, Nightdale, Wendell, soon around here, you know? Um, so you, you got to be comfortable going farther and farther and farther out, you know? But not too far because then you hit like people from Charlotte are experiencing the same thing in that market and they're coming this way. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be like, they're going to meet where it, uh, uh, Burlington, right? Greensboro. Burlington, Greensboro, like yeah. that area is about yeah. to get dense because I mean Burlington's midway between here and Charlotte. Yeah. So and, yeah, the landscape is sharing. Is, selling is, one zip code is so boring to me too. Like I personally went the other day to Fayetteville because I've only been a few times, but I actually rode with an investor that wanted to buy a fifty, sixty thousand dollar house. Cool. I'm a top agent. I didn't have to do that. But guess why I did that? Because I wanted to look at messed up houses in Fayetteville, and I wanted to drive around and look at the market. And so agents that want to sell one zip code and stay in a certain area and not drive more than 15 minutes, you're boring to me. You're yeah. boring. You know oh. what I'm saying? So we're not doing that. But, um, I mean, anybody else have any questions? If not, we're going to wrap yeah, up. I have nice. one. I have nice. question. I have question. Right, go ahead, man. Yeah, so Michelle, you spoke about being aggressive with clients. Up to what point are you done being aggressive and you just realize that they're a dead lead? Um, so if I'm on the phone with them, rule of thumb for cold calling is that I got to hear three, three solid no's for me to hang up. Three solid no's? Yeah, do not hang up on the first one. But nice. if like that person doesn't want to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, maybe they have somebody else. I mean, you got to, you got to be confident in yourself. Persistence. Persistence. The name of the, of the game. All right, man. All right, man. Auto here's one. Thank you, man. here's one no and it's, huh? It's a wrap. What happened? One, oh, what? Said Guido here's one no and it's a wrap. Oh no. <laughs> Michelle, thank you very much. And thanks, Michelle. That's awesome. You. See you again. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> See you guys. Bye-bye, guys.